You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 120 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for season four of the Overwatch League. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for hanging out. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointsPOD. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Or follow us on our personal handles at Ramses underscore OW or at Labosco. Speaking of which, Labosco, we've made it. This is, I mean, not even for all intents and purposes. This is the last week of the season after what felt like the longest off season in the world. And even though we've been going since like May, it just feels like a blur to get to this point. Yeah. It felt really quick to get here. It didn't seem like, and maybe this is because of how long season one was and, and season two did go on for quite a while too. Uh, the last two seasons and, and obviously last year, there's obvious reasons why it felt really quick, but this year in particular, also did feel like it went very fast compared to the the years prior and and like i said i think part of it obviously is these last two seasons have been during a pandemic and the way that the schedule was you didn't have um as many games and and then you had the tournaments and the the breaks it's a much different pace than what we're used to so i think that's part of why it's gone by so fast as well but it does feel like we have uh, sprinted to the finish line here. That's definitely what it feels like. And it's crazy to think that it's already here. Yeah, man, that short season was no joke. It like we knew it was going to be less games, but like it really has felt like less games. And it has just gone through so freaking quickly. But. We got a couple, we got a little bit of news to cover before we get into our final preview for the year. Um, Some news about the Overwatch League Grand Finals. Uh, The league actually announced earlier this week that the Grand Finals during the halftime show will feature an update on Overwatch 2 Hero Reworks and gameplay during the halftime show. Um, They're going to have specific rework, I don't know if you want to say footage or like coverage about um, Bastion and sombra specifically which i don't know if you want to say are like two of the most like the thing with bastion and sombra is like they're not two of the most necessarily immediate heroes that people would ask about for reworks or people would think about but when you look at ones that have such specific mechanics that dictate meta in such a specific way i think it'll be cool to see what they're doing with these characters yeah because whether you like Sombra or not as a character, I think a lot of people will agree that her kit is very oppressive. Uh, it's not a fun kit to play against. There's a lot of things that it does that make the game a little bit unfun. And we have seen, especially as time has gone on, how important Sombra is as a character for high level play. So I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't feel as bad about the fact that there's going to be a rework of some time of some kind coming in for Sombra. I'm also okay with the fact that these are the first two heroes. Like it's not the heroes I want to see because the heroes I like to play, but I think as far as Sombra, at least for that one, it makes a little bit of sense because of the, the change that you want to see the game make in five V five and the way you want to see pacing in the game change. And, uh, see it go more towards that FPS style of game. If that's what you want, then Sombra is a hero that needs to be reworked anyways. So I think there's a lot of people like Bastion too. Um, As far as story wise, Bastion has always been interesting too. I don't know. Maybe these are just the two heroes that they're ready to show us too, right? Like there's a lot of time before we get to the Overwatch League next year. You've got till April. I'm sure we'll see more heroes. These are just the first two. So I don't think people should like be too worried about it or anything and just enjoy it. At least we get something. Yeah. And like 
I think it'll be interesting to see as well. We've heard some news that like we didn't talk about it as much last week, but they're looking at pretty significant changes for heroes across the bar. Um, I know one that caught a lot of people's attention was that Brig may not necessarily have a shield bash that functions the same way in Overwatch 2. So you think about a mechanic that is so that does so much like Sombra's hack, you wonder if there's going to be any changes to how that works with the game or with how people utilize it. Overwatch 2. And and you can keep her as a hacker and not have her hacking people. Like there's other ways that you can make her work as a character and uh, have her kit work where you, you still keep the fundamental, you know what, what she's built around and not have like hacking other people or, or not, having hacking have the same sort of um, impact the way it does. And maybe you can change how hacking works or something too. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Cause there, there's a lot that they can do to sort of change this whole thing up. So until we see it, I won't know obviously, but five V five does hacking. Like I think ha- hacking probably becomes more important anyways in five V five than in six V six. Right. So I I'm curious to see like, why what their thought process was with why Sombra is somebody who needs a change and needs a rework. Almost every hero is probably going to get reworked too. I think it's something to think about as well. So it, it'll be very cool to, to see what, what they've thought up of and be, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, right? I'm not going to be doom and gloom about it or anything like that. I think at this point, there's no point in being that it's just, it would be an exhaustive thing to do. Yeah, most definitely. Um, there's also going to be a pro player exhibition match with pros that are in uh, Hawaii for the tournament actually getting to play on an early build of Overwatch 2. So we're um, a quote from John Spector, just to address one of the questions I've seen pop up. The pro player exhibition will feature players in Hawaii for our playoffs. We're setting up for those teams to play test after they're knocked out of playoffs so this doesn't become a distraction to their competition. Um, and my favorite was... Um, both Arnold from Gen G and another person saying as blank got eliminated early just so they could play Overwatch two copium like that. I, I am looking forward to that being the number one copy pasta in YouTube chat of just like, Oh, well they're throwing just so they can play Overwatch two first. That's that, uh, you know, at least there's a good copy pasta coming out of it. I still feel bad. Cause you know, that somebody who's going to be the odd person out uh, when they play five V five. Because it's not like you're going to have your starting six playing for the playing the game once you you're eliminated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just the thought that I just had. Now it's like, oh yeah, our team gets to try, you know, Overwatch two before anybody else. Okay, but who's who's sitting who's sitting out? That would be kind of hilarious, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little rough to think about it that way, right? But but that is something that that you that's going to have to be considered when it comes up. So. I, I, I'm I'm excited, though, to see the pros get their hands on it. I hope it's not the last time the pros get their hands on the game before anybody else. I hope that the the dev team really, especially over the next, you know, however many months leading into April um, and whenever they, they will give an official build over to the pro teams, because who knows when they'll do that, too. I hope that they will uh, get feedback from the pro players on things that they think from what they've played so far i hope so i mean like we had talked about there was so much frustration from different people in the player base that it seemed like overwatch professional players hadn't been really consulted that much so it's a great opportunity for them to get their hands directly on the game yeah so that'll be cool um like i said i just hope that it's not the last time that they end up doing it so I'm definitely excited. Uh, it's definitely going to be fun to see. It, it's a nice little surprise for us, too, because I don't know if anybody thought we would actually get any Overwatch 2 stuff here at the Grand Finals. Did you think there was going to be anything? Well, no. And I actually... One second, because we didn't put this in our show notes, but this is something we definitely need to talk about. Um, so... Let me find the account for it. So, there are... There are people who are arguing that this is coming on the heels of Blizzard, of more news coming out about Blizzard specifically earlier this week. 
Um, I'm trying to find the actual link for it. I think if you check your DMs, you'll find it. Because <laughs> I believe yeah, you and I did talk about it earlier yeah, this week. I'm pretty we, sure we did. We definitely did. Um, so it should be in there. Uh, if it's not, you should be able to find um, it though. Yeah, I'm looking for it. But there was. There was accusations about Blizzard specifically union busting earlier this week. And not just that, there's more to it than just that. Uh, so there was actually a. So it, it, I don't I want to make sure I get the the correct wording for what it is that they did, um, but they filed a. um Maybe we didn't. Maybe I, I swear to God, I shared this with you. An unfair labor practice charge Thank with you. the N, with the NLRB against Blizzard Entertainment. So the, the communications. Workers filed an unfair labor practice charge with the NLRB. Um, arguing that they've seen retaliation to people who are currently working at the company who have been in support of unionization or in support of the current movement. In the charging document, workers allege that within the last six months, the above name employer has repeatedly engaged in unlawful conduct by threatening employees, told employees they cannot communicate with or discuss ongoing investigations of wages, hours, and working conditions, maintain an overly broad social media policy, enforce a social media policy against employees who have engaged in protected concerted activity, threatened or disciplined employees on account of protected concerted activity, Engaged in surveillance of employees, engaged in protective concerted activity, and engaged in interrogation of his employees about that activity. Yeah, not not a good thing to be happening if you're Blizzard, right? Because this is directly from your employees uh, doing this. This is this is not a good look. This is just more not good news. And I I. Uh, those people who think that I, I think are are uh, they've got other things that they should be worrying about, because I don't think that's why Blizzard or why the Overwatch team has done this. This was probably something they were going to do anyways. And it also doesn't like does this take away from what was filed? I don't think so, because it doesn't change the fact that they're going to have a, a proceeding to determine the legality of what they were doing for Blizzard. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't change that. It doesn't actually hide, like stop it from happening. I, I there's certain things that I just don't understand when when people like say, oh, they did this because of this. It's like that doesn't change that it happened, right? It just that that's what? that's always bizarre to me. And they filed this with the National Labor Relations Board against Blizzard. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not. Uh, it can still lead to bad things for Blizzard. And I think that's the important part that people should be focusing on more than anything else. Because not, not bad, bad as in like repercussions, I should say it's not actually bad. It, it can lead to repercussions for Blizzard that they actually have to answer for their, their wrongdoings, which is what we should be wanting right now. Mm hmm. So it, it it's a good step forward. It's very, very good on the employees' parts. Brave too that they are willing to risk their jobs basically to fight for what they believe has been going wrong in the workplace. So I, I commend them for taking this this bold step forward that needed to happen. I think is is something that we can honestly say too. It does seem that things continue, like, how would I put this? That this is continuing to hold Blizzard's feet to the fire and actually forcing to forcing this lawsuit to stay in the news and to, for it to be a primary topic of conversation around the company. And like we were talking about before, I don't see this necessarily fading away anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. I Again, the Overwatch team and blizzard corporate are not the same people and we've talked about this with the whole like um with the cowboy renaming but like it's it is interesting to see just 
every time Lobo that I thought things kind of would go would maybe not quiet down or like maybe I don't know when I thought things were would be kind of silent on a news on news around this for a little bit stuff continues to come out yeah and and it's it's more new news too it's not like rehashing of old things I think that's an important distinction that we should make as well right like there's developing things that are happening it's not just like oh we're still waiting to hear something. It's like, no, this is a new development. Like we still might hit that point. Like we've had a couple of weeks where, where things have been a little bit more quiet, but nothing to the point where it's like, okay, uh, what's happening? You know, I, I think Ubisoft is having a much harder time of continuing to keep the steam going than, uh, than Blizzard employees are, but it's also Ubisoft has, I, I think it's been about a year now since the Ubisoft stuff happened or, not stuff, but you know what I mean. Um, since mm-hmm. the the news came out about Ubisoft, I I, I, th- I feel like they've been they are a little bit further along than where Blizzard was at this point, um, as far as time. So it it's one of those things where it's still not over, and there's still going to be a lot of things to pay attention to for for Ubisoft side, and I definitely urge people to pay attention to that side as well. Agreed. So we'll see what continues to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about this actually today. We, um, we posted a statement and or statement maybe too grandiose of a word, but like we kind of posted our thoughts in the Mashes Buttons Discord server for game night. Like that we, it's still, I don't feel great like promoting Activision Blizzard products right now or act, promoting things related directly to it. I still love this game. Mm-hmm. But like, it feels like we just, I'm still baffled that there's been no attempt at all from, from leadership to our knowledge. Have you, um, have you played Overwatch at all since the news came out? Um, I played a little bit here and there, probably like once or twice a week. I haven't even played it. I mm-hmm. have not played it since whenever our last game night was. Uh, that was the last time I played the game. And I don't really have a desire to play it right now. Um, and I think it's mostly because of the news that has come out. Um, and also it, it feels kind of pointless to play the game right now too, because who six V six, the game isn't going to be this anymore. Like, like I'm playing it, I'm playing a game mode that's already obsolete technically. So there's more that to it than just the stuff going on with blizzard itself. That makes me not want to play it. And I wonder if there's many people who feel that way too, where it's not just that news that's kind of turns you off from the game currently from a similar well i was gonna say from a similar standpoint i'm like the reason i I currently play right now is so that my tank duo and i can still play games together before we move to overwatch 2 if like we'll see what happens with that because i don't even know if i feel in a position where i want to even purchase it i but like that's far away so i'm not i'm not as you know I'm not going I'm trying to, to get my tank decision. duo games in while I still can. Yeah, that's that, that what makes it sense. is. Yeah. Like, makes sense. It makes sense. You, you, you're, you're getting them in while you can have somebody else to rely on and blame for when things go wrong for the tanks. Oh, man. See, level. I've learned my new way is that I just play off tank the whole time. And then therefore, the positioning is still like really important to me, but I don't call it as much. So it's not 100% my fault. Right. If you're not positioned properly as the main tank, like you don't have to worry as much about Oh, everybody else died behind me because I was in the wrong spot or 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 like, oh, I didn't get healed, but I was in the right spot. Like, yeah, there's a lot less that you you're more about peeling now. Now you got to peel. They did make a point too, um, with one of the devs in a Blizzard forum chat earlier. I think last week maybe was talking about it as like we want to make it so positioning is much more important. And I'm like, oh, crap. OK, dang it. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> The Achilles heel is coming for you, Ramses. I have to learn how to play the game, Lobo. Yeah, I've only played as far as like playing uh, Activision Blizzard games. I've only played uh, I played the Diablo 2 resurrected beta because Diablo 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. So that was the only reason I played it. And then all it made me want to do was play the original Diablo 2 with some of the cool mods that there are out there. So uh, I really wish that I had figured out a way to get the code from somebody else other than Blizzard 
before that, although I already had technically Diablo 2, I think, under my thing. I just had to buy Lord of Destruction, so I didn't give Blizzard that much money, but I did give some money to Blizzard, unfortunately. But I've canceled my WoW subscription and have no desire to go back right now, even though I've heard that it's a lot better right now. It it doesn't change the fact that, like, I'm still not going to be subscribed, so. Somebody for my birthday gave me a Blizzard, what's it called, a Blizzard gift card. And so now I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to sit on this till maybe next year. No, no, like use it. No, no, there's no other, there's no other games like realistically I'm battling it that I'm like super down to go. Okay. Get, but, so. but, but like the, the gift card, they've already gotten the money. So spend it because if, oh, there's no point well, sitting on it. If, if it, if it deteriorates in value. No, I'm with you there. I, there's nothing else on here. Like, I wasn't you and I've played well. No, we never played WoW together. We were both in Discord together playing WoW at different toys. Like I'm not a big WoW guy. I'm not a COD guy, and I, I'm not going to use this for skins. So I'm probably just going to wait. So buy Diablo two and Diablo two Lord of Destruction and play some mod, d- modded Diablo two with me. How about that? Lobo, I would play Lobo, some multiplayer Diablo two mods with you. That'd be fun. You're you're going to get mad at me right now because I'm a I'm despite never jumping into Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, my friends are getting me to start New World with them in a week and a half. Oh, really? So you're gonna yeah. play? You're not gonna play the the free to level sixty, uh, <laughs> critically acclaimed game Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> but you're going to play New World. And speaking of the gift card thing, because I'm not a fan of don't giving no. Jeff, I and because I'm not a fan of giving Jeff Bezos money if I don't have to. Apparently, I can't use my gift card to pre-order it. So, like, I think I have to wait for the game to actually drop. Well, how would you be able to use it on your gift cards for Blizzard, I thought, though? No, I sorry. I got a bunch of Amazon cards, too. Oh, okay. Which I don't shop with Amazon typically. So, like, now like, I have all this so Amazon again, stuff. They already got the money. Spend it. <laughs> Side note, before we get back into Overwatch stuff right now, Lobo, Dungeons & Dragons rulebooks are, like, 30 bucks right now. I've obtained a few of those. Do twenty percent off? He- yeah, well, that's, that's pretty good. That's forty percent actually, technically. Yeah, that's really good. I I've never bought a rule book. I have I have a core rule book. I don't know whose it is. I don't know how I got it, but I have one. Lafon, uh, if you're hearing this, the D rule books are twenty are forty percent off. So you, you'll have to send it into our Discord group for for the game too, because I I'm sure I, I've been actually looking at Pathfinder two a lot lately. Um, two e because that looks really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Moon Moon's been playing it a lot, so I've been hearing a lot about it because he'll talk about his D&D games uh, before he starts actually playing a game on stream. So I've been just taking kind of cursory looks at that, and I also bought Foundry for some reason because I'm weird, uh, but hmm. I did that a little bit ago just because I wanted to experiment with that because that's supposed to be like the best way to play Dungeons & Dragons uh, is through Foundry. Um, so I've been, I've been looking at that stuff, but we'll talk about, yeah. we'll get more into that too. We, get uh, after, after. We, we, we can talk about it on, on the stream after we're done with, uh, the, the actual overwatch stuff. So, um, reasons why to watch the stream. If you're somebody who listens to us more twitch.tv slash mash those buttons Sundays at 8 PM Pacific time. Um, more news about grand finals. Uh, apparently they're running a overwatch league token special. So when you link your account, if you watch and earn three skins for three hours, yeah, watch and earn three skins for watching three hours plus more starting September 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I work during them. There's a decent chance I may end up just setting my computer to like automatically watch it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, opportunity to get a lot of a uh, lot of skins. Uh, and I think they're going to get that might be part of the encore too um i'm you're also seeing this trend in overwatch twitter where people are referring to the cowboy character as dave dave as dave yeah why i don't know it's a funny name whatever and then i don't care more good news uh this is coming from our good friend Ms. liz uh pelican will be playing in the overwatch league 2021 playoffs um but he will be playing from the west coast the league has also agreed to move all North American matches to West Coast servers, um, which is a quote from Coach Brad to Dot Esports. So, like we talked about earlier this week, or no, a couple weeks ago, P- 
Pelican having a collapsed lung, which is a major, either a major surgery or like a decent enough surgery to where he was not allowed to fly from Atlanta to Hawaii. So he's going to be playing from the play for the playoffs in the West Coast, which is a is better than I, they say they're taking him on a road trip. He'll most likely be playing from the phase offices in L.A. I hope I hope that they videotape their trip across the country because I think that they they do play out of Atlanta, don't they? They actually do play in Atlanta or the Atlanta area. Yeah. So that you know that means they're going to be road tripping and like who who knows what they probably got that i remember they had like a bus that they used to drive around that uh who was it who was driving it around all the time at, when when everything was in la the tavik um, bus <laughs> no it wasn't tavik it was um who was it it was kasaurus i think it was kasaurus was the one always driving it around he was like the he was like the dad of the team sort of with like i think it was like a van or something so I wonder if they'll be using that to to take the team from or to, sorry, to take Pelican from one side of the country to the other. But I, I'm happy that Pelican is going to get the opportunity to play. It would have felt really bad if he didn't. I don't know what the difference is for playing on a West Coast server as far as ping stuff is concerned for all of the teams across overseas. And I don't know how it works for for a team in Hawaii. I guess maybe. Maybe the ping evens out a little bit because everybody will, for the most like ping, like the person with the best ping is probably going to be Pelican for any games that Atlanta plays, and everybody else in the U, like on U.S. teams, will have slightly better ping maybe than the the teams in China and Korea. But I, I don't know. I had also heard something where the Chinese teams were going to be moving as well. I think they were going to like the the east coast of China or something like a, somewhere along yeah. the east coast. Um, I don't know if they were going to Shanghai or, or where exactly they were going to be going. But yeah, I, I do remember seeing something about them also traveling. Um, a quote from Brad Rajani, the coach of self of uh, Atlanta rain. It's a great accommodation by the league. And we're very happy with what they've done with the competitive integrity of the playoffs. Sefi said between moving games for Pelican and then making, and then making the East region teams travel to a venue between all these things. We think the playing the field is very fair. That's cool. That's really cool. If it evens the playing field, everybody's doing a little bit of traveling. Like there's not going to be any competitive integrity discussions it seems like i i don't know again the only thing i don't know is like is one side going to have more of a ping advantage than the other like that's the only thing we don't know Mm -hmm. which i we'll see i'm sure we'll find out about it eventually i hope i'm one of the things i've been happy to see with overwatch league this season i can't i don't know if i could say for like the entire thing but it does seem like in cases like this they've been very actively listening to feedback and at least either acting off of it or incorporating it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, um, slowly, but surely sometimes, but they're getting there more so than we've seen in the past, I think is the best way to sort of put it. Agreed. Agreed. All righty, Lobo. Um, grand. Well, it's so weird. Cause I'm used to us doing final, like to use us doing playoffs and then we take another two weeks and then grand finals happens, but it's all happening in one shot in the next week. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get any time to talk about any of the games. Um, maybe we can do a special of some kind or something. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to talk about it and figure something out. Maybe maybe not something we do on the mash those button stream, but maybe we do something to, the, uh, you know, on the side of that, because we, mm-hmm. we, we don't get to talk about things before it's all said and done. Uh, we don't get to like preview the championship game in detail or anything like that. Not that we, you know, we don't go into the deepest depths of detail for things, but we, we, you know, as far as storylines and stuff, we don't even get to cover that, which is, you know, kind of what we do. So I'm a little bit sad about that, but at the same time, I'm excited to see how it goes. I thought not to compare too much to like what happened in Berlin, but there seemed to be a lot of good conversations happening about that. And what that was, that was two weeks. Um, you had like the sort of the group play for the first week. And then the second week was, was playoffs. And then it finished up what today. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get some, you know, 
I, I think like what they're doing kind of will work out at least and will give at least us enough time to talk a little bit about each game or people to talk about each game before you jump back into the next round. But I, uh, I'm definitely a little bit sad that we don't get a little bit more time to breathe with some of the games. Same here. Reminder as well, the entire production is happening out of Hawaii for grand for playoffs and grand finals. All of the analysts and casters, which is why I think it makes sense then why they've been kind of every couple of weeks you've been losing another set of casters. Um, just because so I, I think they're probably only sending Brett and Sideshow and um, Uber and Mr. X out to Hawaii. So the entire production is happening out of Hawaii and then all of the teams are playing out of Hawaii as well. Well, all the all excuse me, all the Western teams are playing out of Hawaii. It's a shame that they can't have all the teams in one location. Uh, it's definitely interesting that uh, if they if that is the the forecasters that we get, I guess the 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 casting lineup has changed so much just this past year, and and I don't know, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if that's the the four because like to me, like Achilles and Avril have been so good. It, they've it, been good Wolf, you know they made their sp- like they i remember said they're like they put out their like hey we're done for the season it was a great season thanks for having me like they both put out those responses like a couple weeks ago interesting to me because i i you know i, I like brennan sideshow but i just think that's i i i just think so highly of achilleos and and avril so i mm-hmm. i am a little bit surprised by that um and like i said it has nothing to nothing against brennan sideshow but those two would have been my choice for sure especially too because then you get a eastern perspective more so because those guys covered those eastern teams like yeah did brennan sideshow and uber and x cover the eastern teams at all other than playoffs you know which like sure that's the playoffs and like that's some viewing of them but i i think somebody with a a little bit more detailed understanding of those teams would have been nice to have. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I, I think they're always going to throw X and Uber in there just because if you look at any of the, ca- like any of the duos, they're probably, I think like the flagship duo for Overwatch League casting. Yeah. Like Uber X. And then I, I get, yeah. And Sideshow and Bren, I think I'm, I think I've finally swung around to where I like them more as a casting duo than I like them on the desk. Cause they were great on the desk, but like, their interplay was like they're super entertaining. They may not be like if you everybody's favorite flavor of caster, but I think I just find them so. I enjoy w- listening to their casts, but I understand it's very much like there are people. I understand why people would not be down for it. I I have no problems with their ability to cast the game. Um, I am just, I I am somebody who likes to get hype, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also somebody who likes to understand what the stakes are and not like not every play is the greatest play that ever happened, you know, and that is that is sometimes like like it, it, there was times where it was like a regular season game and, and it was like, this is the best play ever. And it's like, no, it's it's not the best play ever. Like we're watching one team dominate the other one, you know. Like there's certain times where where like things get called things that they're not, and, and I was just not a big fan of that. But that's a that's a nitpick, right? They're still really good. That's just one nitpick of mine. So, and, and of course, I have a, a some sort of casting background. But who am I to to talk? It's not like I I'm not, I'm not a caster at the top anyway. So what do I really know, anyways? Uh, I I definitely understand what you're com- where you're coming from. I think it is like a taste thing because like while I think they're like the most entertaining, they're not for me like for my taste. They're not exactly. I don't think they. I don't know. I find them super entertaining, but I don't know if it's necessarily the like what I would look for for the most epic or like maybe I don't know if you want to say the best casting experience. Yeah, I, I, everybody to each their own, right? I think mm. that's the the best way to kind of say it. Alrighty, so we've talked about this a couple times. So we're gonna talk about it one more time. Final predictions for each game. You want to go like we can go through the bracket actually. I'd have to go into the pickums. Is that what I have to do? 
No, you can view the bracket. They have just a bracket. If you go to playoffs. Yeah, but this way, playoffs, like, <laughs> and then there's a bracket. Oh yeah, but I mean, like it'll it helps to kind of move everybody around in there. So oh, I mean, okay. starting with game number, so starting with the first match of the weekend, September twenty first, four p.m. Pacific time, Washington Justice versus Dallas Fuel. Washington kind of hitting hitting their stride at the last moment, which momentum's a really big thing. I don't know if that momentum is going to be able to hold out over two weeks necessarily. Excuse me, over two weeks of not playing. But, and I, last time we talked about this, I think I underrated Dallas a little bit. I was concerned about there maybe being some hiccups. What are you feeling here, Lobo? Um, I think it, before we even get into there, what do you even think we're going to be seeing as far as like a, from a, for a meta? I mean, I think we've kind of already seen sort of what the three compositions are going to be. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Tracer Sombra stuff. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. see some Reaper in there. We'll see some McCree, too, it looks like. Uh, it seems like Dive is definitely back in in a big way. So a lot of Winston Diva. You'll see some Reinhardt compositions as well, like Reinhardt Diva we were seeing a lot of from a lot of the teams. Winston D- like Winston Diva, Reinhardt, I think, are the three tanks we're going to see the, the most. Um, this is just going off of what we saw in play-ins, right? And I don't think there's any changes to... Um, there's no patch changes, I don't believe, from for for anything from the play-ins to the playoffs. Do so, you think that the that hero pool is being removed is going to do anything? Well, play-ins didn't have hero pool either. So, yeah, you're right. So we're going to see probably the same sort of compositions, right? Um, I I think you'll see, like I said, for for DPS, probably Reaper, Sombra, Tracer. Um, you might see a little bit of echo in there, McCree, you might see some of the May, uh, Symmetra, depending on, depends on the maps we go to, right? Like, I think those are things you'll see there. And then we'll probably see a lot of Anna and Brig and Baptiste and then Lucio for, for our supports and also probably Moira. I think it also depends on the team itself and, and what the teams feel is the strongest. But I think that those are the, the heroes we're most likely to see. We might see some Torbjorn too. We might see some of the anti-dive stuff. Um, we might see a little bit of rock, paper, scissors. Like uh, if if play-ins are anything to go of, we saw a summary, so we didn't see a lot of it. But anti-tank or anti-dive compositions were definitely something that that some teams were able to run successfully in, in some capacities. So I think that this is a meta that's, pretty wide open for most of these teams. Like, I don't know if the the only team I'm maybe concerned about most is the gladiators because we haven't seen them succeed when there has been no hero pool. Um, Everybody else I kind of think can, can play pretty well with the, all the heroes that I mentioned. And I think the gladiators can play well with all those heroes as well. So I, I think the gladiators should be okay. They're just them and the them and the fusion, honestly, are two like the the most unproven of the ones here to a point. Um, but even then, gladiators have have won a stage. So who am I to say for that? But I definitely think there are some teams that are more favorable, depending on which of those composition comes out um, to be the strongest. Alrighty, so looking at the first game. Dallas Fuel versus Washington Justice. What are we feeling so far? Do we feel like Justice has what it takes to push through, get to the next round, or is Dallas going to be able to shut it down? Well, I I think Washington might be one of the easier ones to kind of talk about as far as whether or not they'll do well. Let's just go run down really quickly of the the compositions we saw for the most part from them in the play-in in their pivotal game against the Houston Outlaws. Uh, we saw Decay and Assassin playing Sombra Tracer. We saw a lot of Winston Diva with the Moira and Lucio. That was like their bread and butter composition that they kind of played almost throughout the entire day. They did a little bit of the McCree Reaper with the Reinhardt, um, and they did some other Reinhardt compositions with the Reaper and the Sombra. But when I say all of the heroes that I've said so far, like which team are which of the two teams here do you think of when you hear all of those specific heroes like yeah mag is pretty good at winston and reinhardt but who's maybe the best at both of those heroes 
it's the guy on the other side and fearless, right? Um, Sombra. Uh, he might not be the best Sombra, but he's top three for the Dallas Fuel in, in Doha. Doha. Uh, it said Doha for some reason, but Doha. Um, we, we know how good of a tracer Sparkle has been. Um, the best diva in the world might be Hanbin. And then we know that Fielder is probably the best Moira. And then we know how much better we see Dallas be when they can have the Lucio than without. So to me, if that's what Washington played the most and what they're probably going to play Dallas on in a lot of matches, we're going to see a mirror. And to me, the mirror goes to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think that. From where Dallas is looking right now, I think that when you go like what like you said, when you go to that mirror, I think it does favor Dallas. Washington has looked a little bit better on the Samba recently, not good enough to where I think I would take them over Dallas necessarily. Right. It, it's it's it becomes a question of assassin on Sombra or Doha on Sombra. So like who mm-hmm. who wins that matchup in your mind? Right. I think that's what you kind of go to with that. Because yeah, I, because I think you can make arguments for Mag, you know, on his best day, being able to compete and maybe even beat Fearless on the main tank. I, I don't think so. He's I think that's how good Fearless is. But I, there's an argument to be made there, right? Like you can make arguments for off tank. You can make arguments for Sparkle versus Decay. You can make argument. I think you have a lot harder time with with the arguments as far as it goes to the the supports in arguing on the side of Washington. But th- there are at least areas where you you at least have more that you can point to for Washington where you're like, OK, I think they can beat Dallas in these areas. Yeah, I'm with you. I also am going to ask just because I'm going to say it one, I'll say it one time and then we'll go over to the next game. Do we think that. Do we think that we get to see Pine at all this game or uh, what meta situations I think do you. What meta situations would make sense for Pine to come in? Well, we haven't seen a lot of Ash, right? Like, like we didn't really see Ash that much in the play-ins, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. So if Ash ends up being important, uh, you're going to see Pine. No question. Uh, if McCree ends up being the cowboy, excuse me, if the cowboy ends up being as important as he's been uh, in certain maps, You'll see Pine probably. Um, Pine has been playing a lot of Tracer as well. When if you've watched any of his streams, so he's a guy who he always has been an okay Tracer, anyways. So if if like McCree is the more important hero on a map, you might see like him and Doha. If if like they because you're probably going to keep like Doha's going to get a lot of Sombra time. It's my guess. Like I don't know how much you're going to see him not play Sombra because we saw a lot of teams. Like Sombra was almost uh, almost a given for a lot of the teams mm. on, on at least on most maps. So you, you actually might see a lot more Doha than you expect. Um, and Sparkle sit more than you would think if that's the case, if Sombra ends up being as important as Sombra started to look like in the play. So it, 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 there's a lot still to be determined because we haven't seen Dallas play in this open pool in a while. So it's it's hard to know for sure. But I do think there there's a lot of instances, especially with the amount of time you've had now, unless they don't feel comfortable with Pine going in and then you ride, you ride or die with the guys who got you there. But if they think that they've integrated Pine in, I think you see them. So if we had to give a final score, what are you thinking for these two teams? Uh, it's always hard to do final scores, but I guess three one for Dallas. Like maybe Washington can eke out a, a map here. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if if it's 3-0 for Dallas um, or a 3-2. But I, I do think it's more probably 3-1 or 3-0. But I do, I do definitely think Dallas is going to win this game. Looking over at game number two, Philadelphia Fusion versus LA Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Philly looking much better uh, than they have. Like Things are starting to kind of coalesce for this team finally. Um, however, LA, for all intents and purposes, looks like the best team in North America, not 
I mean, as of this last, as of last tournament, of they the, were the best yeah. team in America. Best team in the world, technically. Mm-hmm. One at all. So you do wonder, is Philly going to be able to finally capitalize on putting it all together? Or is LA going to be too immovable of an object? Because while Fusion looks has looked much better right now, I still think that when you have a DPS duo like Birdring and Kevster, I don't like I if you're gonna put those two DPS lines head to head, I think Birdring Kevster have looked far better. Granted, there's circumstances there, but like I just think that DPS line might be too much. They've looked better, but is the are they the better DPS line? I don't know. Because you have Carpe on the other side. You also have Shockwave, who's finally with the team, right? You have EQO, who has had a resurgence. Like, I think there's a lot of players on the other side that are, are finally getting their solid grounded footing. And maybe this is where they can have the best challenge. I think it's the other parts of the team where maybe you have more questions, right? Because, like, is Hotbug going to keep the form that he had in play-ins, right? Because Hot Buzz Diva has been a big point of contention for a long time. Is he going to be able to continue to be that? Because on the other side, you're not worried about space at all. You're not worried about um, Muse, I don't think, that much. Uh, Mono versus Muse, I think, is going to be a fun matchup, too. I think um, th- this this ends up probably being a game that's won or lost based on how the supports play possibly like the biggest talk of this game might be shoe versus alarm because those are two of the best players in the world. Um, that's if you're taking positions out of it completely, but also position wise, right? Two of the best flex supports. So I, I feel like alarms had a much more up and down year this year than, than we saw him have in his rookie campaign. So I I think that's in part because teams know they need to eliminate him from the equation so that means that your dps and your tanks have to be able to sort of create enough um opportunity they have to create enough pressure where where alarm is not constantly constantly being the first player taken down Mm -hmm. so i think it definitely comes down to the the shoe versus alarm matchup more than anything else like that's one i'll be looking at specifically but i i still think i give the edge to the gladiators because I think that they've been better and more recently and and Philly doesn't may not just be there yet like Philly could be a team that they lose this first game and then they go on a run and losers like that's definitely something that's possible for them too they have had a lot of early playoff exits too and I think that's why it feels better to go with the gladiators in this position looking at the next game Sam no I'm sorry Yeah, San Francisco Shock versus Shanghai Dragons. Shanghai picking San Francisco is still kind of awesome to me. Like, people were trying to say it's an ego pick. um, It is an ego pick. Like, that's that's not too too, um, out there to say. It's an ego pick. Like, I think it's okay for it to be an ego pick and be excited for the matchup. Like, they they don't have to be exclusive of each other. Like, Like, they can, it can be an ego pick and it can be exciting. I think it's super cool. It will be yeah. hilarious for Shanghai to get. I mean, if Shanghai doesn't make finals for the second year in a row, I'm going to laugh a little bit. It's I'll be disappointed, I think, more than anything. I'll be disappointed, but like it would just be crazy for them to be, again, so dominant for an entire season and then just for it to not work at the end of the year. Yeah, but they, th- this is different because they were also dominating teams from the other side of the world, right? Mm hmm. Like the year before, like we never got to see them actually stack up against San Francisco. And then they had a rough time in the playoffs. So at least this time we're going to get we've seen how they they are a team to be reckoned with throughout the league. Like nobody's going to be sleeping on them and nobody's going to be sleeping on San Francisco shock either. And like I said, I think the scariest thing here for Shanghai is OK. So we, we know how much they love to play the wrecking ball. And the wrecking ball is sort of a crux of this team, right? The ability for them to to really rely and have that work has made a difference for them. So I think that's one of my biggest concerns 
for the Shanghai Dragons is, okay, if you can't rely on Wrecking Ball, how much are you going to get out of your tanks, right? And this isn't to say that that um, that fate is is terrible at the other tanks. Like fate's a pretty good all around tank, but he is so good on the wrecking ball that it makes a difference. That hey, how much wrecking ball did we see in play? It? Mm-hmm. it it that is something that that could be maybe not something that affects them too much early on, but maybe it affects them later on. So I, I, I'm very curious to see how fate ends up being on other tanks because I think super and, and Smurf looked really good and they were able to play the things that they feel most comfortable on. So there is the, the biggest part that I'm looking at for, for the, the matchup here, because I think that you stack them up everywhere else. It's pretty close, right? Like DPS flat and lip are absolutely incredible. Um, they've picked it back up on the DPS side with the addition of ons for San Francisco. So that, that becomes a little bit more of a wash for me than it probably would have been pr- prior to ons joining in. Um, Glister has picked it up as well. Um, Choyobin is maybe the best off tank in the world. Um, on the other side, you, you do have to worry a little bit. Um, it like, like it's best D di- two of the best divas in the world, right? between void and and choi mm-hmm. so so that that's that'll be fun to see to see that matchup and then it comes down to violet fd god um and twilight and how that matches up on the other side for lee jagon and Izaki. so i think this is this is like really close this is really difficult to pick but i can it's so hard, but I, I think I'm going to give the edge to San Francisco um, just because fate has been, it's been, it's almost been a crutch for him, how reliant mm. he's been on playing wrecking ball. And maybe I'm looking too much into that, but that's the thing that worries me most. Well, so this is like, I would argue then this is like the upset you're picking then. Cause I know a lot of people have picked more on, on the Shanghai route. I think if you look too, I think as far as the lead or fan voting, yeah. Shanghai was the team that everybody picked to be the champ, but not everybody, but the, the, the most popular. They had the highest percentage. 36.9% of people picked them to be the grand, the grand finals champions. Um, do you want to know? You're probably looking at that tweet right now, uh, but it was 36.9% for Shanghai, 213 for San Francisco, 182 for Dallas. 9.5 for LA, 6.7 for Philly, 4.5 for Chengdu, 1.6 for the Atlanta Rain, and then in the very end, 1.3% for the Washington Justice. I feel like Atlanta is getting a little bit disrespected here. Like they are a much better team than 1.6%. Like they might go further than Chengdu. They might go further than Philly. Like they also have a good chance of winning it all. Like I, I'm a little surprised. That they are basically neck and neck with Washington. That that well, feels like a disrespectful pick to me um, because they've been better than that. You did also see like a lot of the shock fans out in force on social media being like, look, you can say whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to go with the two time champ. San Francisco is going to win. So like. I mean, that's that's nothing new, though. Oh, of course not. And San Francisco has looked better. Uh, recently they've kind of been we talked about anti-dive they've looked a lot better on the anti-dive recently ons has been back in form but they look good on dive too like that's the thing it's not just anti-dive they do look good on dive too Mm -hmm. i if i personally had to call that game i would still go shanghai but i think if there's an upset to be had it would be san francisco here it definitely feels Um, like the one that's most likely to be it and then last game we'll cover for today Atlanta Rain versus Chengdu Hunters at 8.30 p.m. PST. Most, so it's interesting because I would have thought that this was going to be a very, like, I would have thought Atlanta would be kind of like the crowd favorite for this game, but it seems like most people I've looked around with are pulling more for Chengdu in this matchup. I get why that people are. Um, the talks about leave and leave for MVP and stuff like that. and um, 
they they are sort of the I think part of it is like people having that love for that team from a few years ago, right? That like did the the crazy stuff that nobody else did. They're not that team anymore. They're a playoff team who who plays meta compositions and competes with the best teams in the world. Mm-hmm. I think Atlanta gets the win here, though. I do think that they edge out Chengdu. I think this might be the most difficult game, but I think Atlanta still wins it. There's this this game also has a lot of upset potential as well. Because I think if you look at um, Chengdu as a dive team, Gaga is an incredible Winston. Um, the the resurgence of Late Young as your off tank, right? Like like I think that you have all of the tools to be able to play what you need to play in the current meta. It's just whether or not you're going to be able to play it better than everybody else. And there's a couple areas where I think that maybe they're a little bit better on the Atlanta side. Um, specifically, I think Late Young's been so good all season. But Hawk is kind of on another level as far as off tanks go. Like he he's he's in that he's in that conversation for one of the best off tanks in the world. Mm-hmm. So especially on Diva. And we know Diva is going to get a lot of playing time. So it, I, I think that there, there's a couple areas like that. And Kai is is second to none. If if hit scan's important in any way, shape, or form. Good luck. I do think that like And you have Pelican. That that's the big difference too. If Pelican so bef- wasn't playing, I'd probably be singing a different tune. By the way, also I just saw a comment from Nolan Richardson over Nolan Richardson over here in the chat, which I wish that I think it looked like it was a cup like a while ago, but um, I can I'll check in with that now. I do think that before I would have felt pretty consistently Chengdu for this one, but now that we know that Pelican's going to be able to play on what's likely not going to be horrible ping. I think I'm switching back over to Atlanta. It's hard to not, though. It mm-hmm. really is because the um, the fact that you have the guy who's probably going to be rookie of the year back in your lineup, a guy who could have gotten MVP. I don't. He wasn't part of the MVP voting, right? Or was he? I forget. He was. He was. So a guy who's getting MVP considerations, like the fact that you get him back into your lineup, makes a big difference and. Again, he might have the best ping if they're playing those games on West Coast um, servers. So that matters, too. I'm curious. I like I would have felt way more about. I would have felt way more consistent with Chengdu earlier. But I do think that like Atlanta at this point with Pelican, especially, I think they take it. I don't. I, I just don't know otherwise. Um those are our matchups for the first round. We're not going to go through and give like a round by round breakdown, but Loba, if you had to pick a grand finals matchup, what do you think is going to go through? So, I mean, that might be too, too many teams, but I, I really, I think the, the grand finals matchup that I selfishly want is Shanghai versus Dallas, right? So the two consensus consensus, two best teams throughout the entire season, I think is safe to say, right? Like even though, together they won three of the four tournaments even though dallas only appeared in two of them and and shanghai appeared in three um they've been the two best teams throughout uh always have been competing for playoffs except dallas what lost in play-ins and didn't make it the one time that was it so and then Shang- both of them had a bad end of the the season as far as it seemed like the the gas was kind of running out of the tank but I also think that the meta didn't exactly suit them perfectly either. So I, I think that a lot of what both of these teams were very good at all season, even though fate has had troubles against fearless in the Winston V Winston matchup, he's still been better than everybody else when it came to that composition. Right? So I think that those two teams are the teams I want to see in the grand finals. Cause I think as far as the storylines, it's some of the best ones, but and it's also kind of what I think is most likely to happen. The other, the other way I see it maybe going is maybe it ends up being Dallas versus um, San Francisco, I think is a possibility too. Like those I think are the two 
most likely outcomes for me. And I think both are also completely like cannot happen at all. Like none of those three teams can make it. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it is a little bit wide open here and that, um, any of these schemes have the ability to make it the entire way. I I'm agreeing with you. I really want, I would love for it to be that Shanghai Dallas grand finals. Like we've been hoping for, for all year. I do like, I really am kind of like, it's not so it's not that the top half of the bracket is stronger necessarily, but it's mostly stronger just because they don't have Washington. Like that's the only thing. Like, I think if you, it feels like the top half is so much more dense, but that's just because you have Washington in match three. I, the only team I don't think would make an entire run all the way through would be Washington, but I could see either of any of these teams making a strong run through the winner's bracket or even the loser's bracket. I I don't know about that either, because I think Washington still has the ability to do it. I think if anything, you're basing that off the fact that maybe their support line is probably like like there's there there are discussions to have about Washington's DPS and where they could be near the top. Um their tanks, you definitely have conversations about where they might end up. I think the only one where you're like dead set on them, maybe not having the best duo at one of the three positions is support. That's where they are weakest. But we've seen how decay ends up being in playoffs. And that can be enough sometimes to get you over some of the problems that your team has even in a playoff scenario especially if you especially if you win the first map and then you mm-hmm. are in control of the final map so i think washington is the team least likely to have that ability but i do think they have the ability to go a lot further than people are willing to give them credit for it'd be cool if it happens i'm not sure if i have the faith i wouldn't hold but- my breath I'm just saying I, there, there's an argument to be made there, right? I, I think um, they definitely have the weakest argument, but there mm. is an argument. I think if I'm calling, if I'm saying who my heart wants, I want it to be Dallas. I want Dallas to win the whole thing. But I think there are plenty and plenty of outcomes where that doesn't happen. So, or likely, like there are plenty of possible outcomes that doesn't happen. But. If it's possible for Dallas and Shanghai to meet in the grand finals, I would love to see it. Be a lot of fun. That's for sure. If that ends up, I think it'll be fun regardless, but it'll be the one I'm most interested in. So Lobo, anything else to cover for grand finals before we head into wrap up? No, it's looking like it's going to be a lot of fun. I I'm just excited that we're finally here. And that we're going to be able to run through this. And we were able to, in spite of everything happening in the world, able to get another season of Overwatch League in. Mm-hmm. Very grateful for it and happy that it's been such a fun season. I think with COVID and with everything, the Overwatch League has tried really hard with this season. They've put a lot of effort into trying to experiment with some other things, really trying to push into some new stuff. Um, I'm l- Depending on how stuff goes for next season, I think things are looking a little bit better going into this coming season rather than maybe they were going from season three into season four. Yeah. Yes and no. Because like you like on the league standpoint, yes, I think so. When you look at an Activision Blizzard overall standpoint, I don't I don't think so. So and and I think it's okay to sort of separate those two. So that makes sense. Mm hmm. Alrighty, Lobo. Well, thank you guys for hanging out for episode 120 of Push the Point. We appreciate you being here on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons on Twitch every Sunday night at 8 p.m. PST around thereabouts. It depends. Sometimes I'm busy working on stuff, but we make it happen. If you want to help us out, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It helps people find out about us and it lets us know what you like about the show and what we can make better. We also invite you to join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord. Go to discord.me slash mash those buttons. Keeps you up to date with all of your favorite shows from the network, too. So be sure to check that out. There's a lot of cool shows other than ours. So please, please join us there. Also, please support the network. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons. Little as a dollar a month and you get access to Patreon exclusive content. So go 
and check that out. There's some really cool stuff on the Patreon, and it also makes this network possible. So please support it. Support Ja. Ja is the best. Ja is the best. And I'll say it again. Ja is the best. Ja is the best. Thank you, Ramses. At Pushpoint POD for our Twitter for the show. Uh, you can tweet at us there. You'll see some polls and stuff sometimes. Uh, you'll see when we're live and all of that. Um, and then push the point at gmail.com is the other way you can get in touch with the show. So if you want to email us something, you, you want to write a dissertation on on push the point, go ahead and send it to there. Uh, it doesn't mean we'll read it if it's that long, but it'll get sent there and it'll be in our inbox. So you definitely have that possibility at the very least. So, yeah, go there. All righty. If you want to follow Lobosco on Twitter, his handy dandy handle is at Lobosco with a C. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW for my stuff. And yeah, I'm trying to post more. I, I end up just posting pictures of, of the dog I house it for, which is fun. Okay. Oh, you know that like the key to Twitter is pets, right? Consistency? Yes. No. Oh, pets. I was going to say, yeah, that helps well, too. Consistency too. But pets. I don't know. My, my new my new approach to Twitter may just be bullying Ednar along with Rod Johnston from uh just tweet your thoughts too. I'm not a big Twitter guy's thing. I lurk a lot, I don't use it a lot. I have the same problem with LinkedIn. I'm not a good poster because I'm much more like who would want to hear my thing. I know that like literally it's Twitter. That's the whole reason for that. That's the right, exactly. Just post something, people will like it. Um you have stands who will like it regardless of whether it's good or not, too. So post it. Yes, sir. Thanks for hanging out with us for episode 120 of Push the Point. We appreciate you guys. And we'll be back next week to wrap up what has been the wild ride of season four. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you guys. And as always, just want to let you know, stay safe, take care of yourself, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 